Hello, hello, women of strength. We have a special episode for you today. We have our friend, Dr. Kimberly Spare. Is that correct? Do I say That's that? correct. Okay. Yep. That's how I say it in my head. But sometimes yep, I say you've got it. <laughs> and then it's like totally wrong. Um, nope. So Dr. Kimberly, I said your name wrong like three times. Kimberly, <laughs> let me just start sounding out. Like maybe I need some, maybe I need a help with you, Dr. You, Kimberly. You've got it. <laughs> and you guys, she's amazing. I was really drawn to her page a while ago because of something I had seen. I think it was a post about nutrition and nutrition is something that is huge for me. And I saw such a change when I dialed in on my nutrition, especially for my VBAC. I really dialed deeply in to nutrition for my VBAC. And I do believe that it helped me so much. And so as I started kind of digging into her and following her posts more, I was like, I love her. Like she's amazing. (laughs) And so it is so awesome to have you today on the podcast. I'm so excited and I love looking at your pages because you've got all the statistics to give the moms the hope, the moms, yes. the, the resources like, oh, I've had a C-section. Guess what? I can still have a vaginal birth. So I yes. love it. I've been quoting you left and right in my post. So I'm glad we're here today. Oh. Well, thank you. And we actually just shared one of your posts, which was amazing. So you guys definitely, definitely want to check her out. And we're going to have all her links in the show notes today. We do have a review of the week, and then we're going to dive into this yummy episode. Okay, this is from Walla, Wallaby Girl, and the subject is, we got our back. It says, Megan and Julie, after my first birth turned into a C-section, I knew that I wanted to try for a back with my next baby. When we found out that we were pregnant in January 2022, my husband and I started doing a ton of research. I found the VBAC Link podcast and was so inspired and encouraged. I love the mix of data, birth stories, and interviews with experts in the field of your podcast shares. Well, guess what? That is exactly what today's episode is. A podcast story, a VBAC story, and data, and amazing information from a professional. Says, I listen to your podcast on my commute to and from work and learn so much. My husband and I took spinning babies and I started seeing an amazing chiropractor who specializes in pregnancy and body work. Our midwives and OB team were so supportive and awesome. And the podcast helped us know the right questions to ask. Finally, after a long labor and unmedicated delivery, we welcomed our baby girl post dates at 41 weeks, one day. And that was in September of 2022. Says, I feel amazing. And I cried when I got home and was able to pick up my two-year-old son. Thank you. Thank you for this awesome podcast. I will be continuing to listen and highly recommend this valuable information for friends and family. I love reviews like that, Wallaby Girl. Thank you so much for leaving that review. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a review, we would love that. Push pause right now. Head over to Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening, and leave us a review. You are tuned into the VBAC Link Podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. 
The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Hi guys, Megan here. I'm not sure if you knew, but I'm a vaginal birth after two cesarean mama myself. Preparing for my VBAC was tough due to the lack of evidence-based info back then, along with where to find it. Which is why I, along with Julie, created this podcast and our signature course, How to VBAC. The course is self-paced, so you can watch it whenever your kiddos are sleeping or even at school. It's filled with evidence-backed data, tips and advice to help you go after the birth you want and achieve your VBAC. You can find the link to the course in the show notes today or type in the browser thevbacklink.com slash vbac-class. Okay, Dr. Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, you know you're in the right field. That review just gave me like goosebumps, tears, not just because I've seen so many women VBAC now, but took me right back to the first time that I VBAC'd. And right. it's just a full body chills, tears, emotion, all of it. And it, it's the best. It's the I best. know. Love I know. That. Anytime we get these reviews or like when we're doing consults, because we, we have one-on-one consults as well, and we'll kind of work with people and then they'll write us in and tell us the update. I'm like, oh, like I just, yes. it just makes me so happy. Seriously, down to the core to hear these amazing people being inspired. And even if it doesn't end in a VBAC, right? They're the still empowered. Is- that we're feeling empowered and educated yes. along the way. So we're making Absolutely. the choices. And sometimes we know we're going to talk about like sometimes emergency cesareans happen yes. um, and sometimes they're out of our control. But if we can feel empowered along the way, it truly does help our outcome in the postpartum stage, which again, we're going to talk about today. You guys, we have such a great episode for you. So Dr. Kimberly, I would love to turn the time over to you and just let you share your story and how you got going. All right. So why I'm here is because I've had two VBACs myself. My first birth, I was planning for a natural birth. I had the Webster chiropractic. I did the Mm -hmm. hypno babies. I was doing prenatal yoga. I was getting, I mean, all the things, massage. I just wanted this beautiful water birth. That's what I was planning. Um, My first birth, I decided to birth in a birth center. Thank God it was attached to a hospital at that time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, My my uh, pregnancy was beautiful. I had no issues. And when I was 37 weeks, I stepped out of the shower one day and my water broke all over the bathroom floor. I called my midwife and I said, my water broke. And she said, you probably peed. And I'm like, no, pretty sure I didn't pee. It literally was a burst all over the floor. So went into the midwife's office. She's like, yeah, I really don't think your water broke. I don't think you're in labor. Okay. I went home. Having all these contractions, again, first time mom, didn't really know what was going on, also did hypno babies. So my threshold was just, you know, I was in a good place with it. Yeah. Long story short, the day progressed and I'm still thinking like, man, these are a lot of Braxton Hicks. Like this is really like something's going on. Uh Called the midwife again. This was like eight, nine hours later. She's like, all right, we'll head over to the birth center, go to the birth center. They're like, you're not in labor. You're dilated, but your water didn't break. They use this little strip and they're like, you know, your water didn't break. Okay, go home. Now it's three o'clock in the morning and I wake my husband up. I'm like, we got to go now. We got to go now. So we get in the car, 45 minute drive. Didn't know until after, but I went through transition in the car and I got out at the birth center and I stood up and my son's leg was out. 
literally out. I waddled into the hospital. I should have, I should have started with this. I don't like to, I don't like to share war birth stories with moms that are like about to give birth. So I should have said before I started, if you're about to give birth, listen to this later. If you're, (laughs) because I don't like to, I don't like to scare moms. It's such a rare occurrence that these kind of situations happen and emergencies emergencies do happen. And when emergencies happen, we are so grateful for modern medicine and we're we're glad that, that we were okay. And my son, I'll go back to the story in a minute, but I just wanted to say, if you're a mom, that's like ready to give birth, don't listen to any negative stories. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So anyway, I got out of the car, my son's leg was out. I waddled into the birth center and, uh, the midwife on call came in and she's like, yeah, his, your 10 centimeters. And then all of a sudden everyone is like, don't push. And they're screaming at me. And she's like, can I just wiggle him out? Like, what do we think is going to happen here? And he was stuck. So leg out and his body was like doing the split. He was in a split. Like if they would have tried to let him come out vaginally, he would have broke his hip, his leg, his shoulder, maybe his complication. Like very, very complicated situation. So of course it's the coldest day of the year and there's no doctor in this, this birth center, even though it's attached to a hospital. So they're like, all right, they're in the, I'm in the over. OR now they're prepping me. They're screaming not to push. I'm traumatized completely because I'm here. I am thinking I'm having this like beautiful water birth. It's going to be peaceful and nice. Yeah. Here I am strapped down to the table, which I never knew was a thing until I went through it myself. And they're saying to me, you know, if the doctor doesn't get here soon, we're going to have to knock you out. And I'm like, knock me out. Like what, what what is happening? Mm -hmm. Um, Long story short, my son came, thank God he was fine and I was fine, but it was one of the most traumatic things that I have ever been through in my life. And the healing was really hard. And I remember trying to change my newborn son's diaper and being in excruciating pain. And, and all around, I just had this postpartum, we were just talking about this, like people say postpartum depression, but to me, it's like postpartum depletion, especially after a C-section, we're so depleted because we've had all these medications and all Mm -hmm. these interventions and we're not getting that natural oxytocin that we get with the vaginal mm-hmm. birth because your baby's right on your chest and you can nurse right away. There are gentle C-sections, but in my case, it was like, they took the baby. I had some complications. He, you know, had a fever. There was a lot going on because my water did break. Mm-hmm. It was broken for all those hours that they kept saying, your water didn't break, your water didn't yeah. break. My water did break and my son had an infection. So the bottom line is that I ended up with a C-section, even though I was planning for this beautiful natural birth. Again, I do believe that God gives us these situations because it it, it makes us who we are. And mm-hmm. just like you shared, we go through, I kind of have, until I share my other birth stories, kind of experience a lot of different birth scenarios. And I think it helps yeah. us to relate to women that are going through very similar absolutely. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the, maybe a really unique thing about us here at the VBAC link, me and my team, like we have all these unique situations where we can relate, like really personally relate. Yes. Right? Yeah. You and personally brings- relate. But then I like to bring women back to say, like, if you are someone that is planning a natural birth, a home birth, whatever, these situations are really rare. Like, yes, I went through it. Yes, she went through it. But it's not that we shouldn't be trusting our bodies and and knowing that they know what to do. Just that emergencies can happen, just like with anything, you know, like things can happen. And we're grateful for life saving 
measures when necessary. Now, are C-sections overdone and are they done just because it's Christmas morning and the doctor wants to get home? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation of C-sections are definitely performed way too often. Moms that have had one C-section are basically put into this box of like, okay, you've had a C-section. Now you should have another C-section. And now you've had two C-sections. You definitely should have another C-section. Like, why would you even try to have a natural birth after that? Um, And I love that you shared that you had two and then you had a vaginal birth. That's just incredible. And I think that provides a lot of hope, even for my community. You know, it's never too late to to trust your body and to to give it a shot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then two and a half years later, I got pregnant again and I'm like, I'm going to have a V-back. Like I want to have this (laughs) natural, beautiful birth. Yeah. Um, And I did. I had my daughter right next to the hospital. It was a home birth, but it was not in my own home because of the state that I live in. I had to actually cross state lines. And that's another thing people say to me all the time. My women will say, oh, well, near my house, there's not this resource or there's not that resource. Sometimes we have to go get the resources. The state that I live in does not allow VBACs to happen outside the hospital. So I went to another state, you know, that these are things that we can make happen if it's, if it's that important that we don't go through another C-section. For me, I knew that if I went through another C-section, I never would have had a third child. It was that traumatic for me. It was that hard to heal from that. It was something that I never wanted to experience again. And I knew if it happened a second time that I was done. And I I knew that I wanted more babies. So my second one was a home, a home birth. VBAC, literally a mile, two miles from a hospital um, Mm -hmm. at a location with midwives. And it was a beautiful healing birth. She was 42.3 weeks. And that's the other thing I would love to talk about. People get induced at 38, 39, depending on what's going on. 41, oh my gosh, we have to give medication. When you wait until your body is ready and your baby is is ready, your chances of having a natural birth, especially a VBAC, go way up, way up. And my third birth was a VBAC at home right here in right, right over there <laughs> in a pool right in my own bedroom. So I went from a very traumatic, horrendous birth to a second birth where I was like hanging on to hope, but I was still a little nervous about this whole situation to a third birth where my midwives literally got here at 11 o'clock at night and I stepped into my pool and at 108, my baby was here. I was in labor all day long. I was at the park with the kids. They were scootering around. I was walking. I was doing squats on like all the play equipment. Uh, I cooked dinner. I was just kind of like holding the counter, just going through my pressure waves, took a shower, oiling up my belly, the whole thing, went down, had a snack. I'm on the ball. The kids are with me. And then I was like, okay, it's time to go upstairs. They got here. I kind of went through a couple birthing waves and I was like, got in the pool and just there she was. There she was. It was beautiful. And the third one, I truly visualized my birth. And this is part of what I'm going to be helping women to do in the future is a whole visualization process because it is so true when you can take your fears, which with, with that first VBAC, I, mm-hmm. I had fears of like, you know, all the things because they kind of brainwash you into thinking you're crazy, um, that you yeah. actually want to go ahead and do that. But I love seeing your statistics because it's like, wait, your chances of, you know, you, you mm-hmm. actually have a better chance of, of a VBAC. 
But what I was going to say is the process of visualizing what you want your birth to be like is so powerful. And that's what I love mm-hmm. women to, to hang on to. And even if you come into a situation where, you know, interventions have to happen or the birth plan changes because they do coming from an empowered and relaxed state is completely different than showing up at the hospital in this like raging fear terrorized kind of, yes, mode. So there's so much to be said about the education and the empowerment piece when it comes to successful VBAC. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And I think like you were saying, like there's so many people out there and and not just providers, right? Like providers are sharing things and sometimes they share things that may sound fluffed a little bit because of maybe one of their own experiences trauma. Yeah. Um, And so they see these things and sometimes the way they say them, it's like, Oh, Whoa, it's really scary. Right. Maybe I am crazy. And then we start thinking, but it's not just providers. I mean, many people out there, friends, families, all the time. Everybody. Right. I mean, I was in a VBAC supportive group on Facebook and I was still being told, how would you even dare, you know? And it's, it's so hard. So that's why it's so important for us to really learn those stats and then figure out what's acceptable to us. Yes. What risk is acceptable to us? What risk is acceptable? And then how can I make myself feel comfortable? Like my second birth was a VBAC. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in the hospital, but I live very far from a hospital. So Mm -hmm. like, what can I do to make myself feel comfortable? If I'm a mile from the hospital and something goes wrong, am I okay with that? You know, I'm right there. Or for some moms, it's a VBAC in a hospital situation. You know, what would make me feel comfortable and, and kind of meet that with your risk? That way you're not in this situation where you're feeling fear and trying to birth because that doesn't work either. We have to be comfortable and confident with the decisions that we're making. And I think that there women out there are swayed in all these different directions. And it's either they're either in the category of a C-section kind of camp over here, repeat C-section or in the natural birth community, which I will say the natural birth community after you have a C-section is extremely unsupportive. Even if you were a mom, like I was my first one, I was planning for this beautiful natural birth. And then after it's like, well, what did you do wrong? It's like, wait, I didn't do anything wrong. An emergency happens. Mm -hmm. And I had a C-section because it saved my son's life. And, you know, there's a time and a place for that. But it's like, you feel this guilt from this community that's looking at you like, oh, you didn't have this rainbow and butterfly birth. Oh, Um, yeah. 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 I will never forget the feeling that I had when the second time, my second, my second birth, I was going for a VBAC, right? And I didn't obviously end up in a VBAC. I ended up in a repeat cesarean and I will never forget the feeling inside of my head of great. Now I have to tell people and they're all going to think I failed, especially those people who didn't support me in this, in the beginning, they're going to be like, yeah, I could have told you that five months ago. Right. You know? And I just remember that feeling. And then when I talked about it, I did get some comments like that. Yes. And I encourage our community to not be that person, like never be that person. Whichever way you end up in your birth, birth outcomes or birth outcomes of women need to be supported no matter what they decide, no matter what they decide, even the 
fear state and they choose a C-section again. Like we have to yes. support those women too. Yes. Even yes. if we don't agree with that choice, because a woman who is giving birth, whether it's vaginally or cesarean, they're a mom and they have to feel loved and supported so they can love and support that infant. Yes. Tearing women down in this very, very vulnerable state that we are in after we give birth is setting them up for postpartum depletion, depression, anxiety, fear, all of these crazy things that, again, women don't talk about. You know, we mm -hmm. put people in this camp of like, oh, well, you're just anxious and you're just depressed and you just had, just you know. Normal. This is normal. You just had a baby. And right. this yes. is what you are supposed to experience because you're tired. No. Yeah. No, you're depleted. No. You're depleted. Yes. It's depleted in nutrition, depleted in sleep depleted in resources, depleted in support. Sometimes yes. it's just someone to say to you, you did a great job. You brought this Validation. baby into this world. You went yeah. through hell. You can't even laugh or sit up, but you did a great job. You know, it, it is hard when you have people surrounding you and saying like, well, see, you ended up with a C-section or mm -hmm. it's almost like they're proud to tell you that you failed at what you were going for. And, and, I and had exactly that, that is how, yes, that is how I felt for a lot of people. And then when I chose to be back after two cesareans, oh, gosh. oh boy, now you're really in trouble. Now, now I'm not, now I'm a nut. So, right. And so it's so hard. And I just encourage our community to build one another up. And I've made posts on this. So like, I challenge every single one of you to love everyone for who they are and what they decide, even if it's not what you would decide. Yes, right. And exactly. And so we tell, let's, let's kind of dive more into, you know, what you do and, and, and talk about that postpartum and how we don't talk about it enough. We so don't I, share. We don't share. We don't talk about it. I have a practice primarily, a, well, almost all women. I do get, I always say, I get the husbands and the sons. Mm -hmm. When women heal and they go through something, I work with a lot of women with chronic illness, postpartum, those kind of things. When they heal, they do send me their husbands, their sons, those things, but mostly women and a large majority of pregnant and postpartum moms. And what I can mm -hmm. say is 90% of postpartum women go through some type of depletion period. Mm -hmm. It's part of becoming a mom. When we go through a birth, whether it's a C-section or a natural birth, there's a load of adrenaline that happens. Massive adrenaline, massive cortisol as we are birthing a baby. Either way, it doesn't matter if it's a surgery or a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. And what happens is women become com completely depleted, especially if they don't have support. They don't have someone there yeah. cooking them meals and making sure their toddler is taken care of. And they're running around the house trying to do all of these things instead of resting. You know, that whole thing they say sleep when the baby is sleeping. It's like the silliest thing that you've ever heard in your life because your kitchen would be covered in, you know, dishes and all of that. We all and know that. And then we feel anxious when we look at those kitchens. And then we're anxious <laughs> when we look at that, or we're anxious because our toddler is not being taken care of correctly or eating things that yeah. we don't want, or, you know, those kind of things. So I, I think it, it comes down to women sharing and talking. Women postpartum have really crazy, irrational fears. We all most of us have had those feelings. Mm -hmm. And when women talk about it, they think, oh my God, someone's going to think I'm crazy because I'm sitting here watching my baby sleep all night long. Or people are going to diagnose me with postpartum, PPD, anxiety, like all the things because I'm going mm -hmm. through this. And if women would just share so that other women could say, oh my gosh, I definitely I went through that, that too. Way too. I felt mm -hmm. that way too. I was terrified. I had those crazy thoughts where I was just afraid something bad would happen. 
they would say, okay, this is part of postpartum. I'm just depleted. I need to nourish myself with nutrition. I need to make sure that I'm hydrated and I need to prioritize sleep some way, somehow when I can. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our anxiety would go from here to down, you know, Mm -hmm. because we hold ourselves, we we compare ourselves to other women out there who may have a lot more support or they may have someone that's taking care of their every need and not every woman has that. And then we're afraid to talk about what we experience when we're trying to hold up all these different, you know, I, I remember with my first birth, my husband went back to work like right away. So it was just Mm -hmm. me and this newborn. I had a C-section. I had the straight staircase up and down. And they're saying like, don't go up the staircase. I'm like, well, I've got a newborn. I I did set myself up downstairs so that I can mostly be downstairs. But like things happen. You run out of diapers, Mm -hmm. all the things. You know, I had an enlarged uterus because I was going up and down those damn stairs, even though I wasn't supposed to be, you know, the dog is up there. You're, you know, so it's just a matter of really looking at support and then talking with other women, women that are honest, Mm -hmm. though, women that are in a place where they're comfortable sharing what they have gone through, because a lot of women will just tell you like, Oh, yeah, my birth was beautiful. It was la 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 la. And they're not really going to share that, you know, piece of like, Oh, well, no, vulnerable part. Yes, yes, the vulnerable part, you know, and like the stats show that like one in seven, which is about I think it was 15% or so mm-hmm. will actually be like diagnosed. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we hear that. I mean, you just said it again, like they get scared that they're going to get diagnosed yes. or labeled. And a lot of women just need but, some women, some women go through more than others, but for most women, it's just that like TLC piece. Like if we yeah. had someone to really nourish us with the yeah. food that we need to recover, I'm really big on infusions and herbs and teas, those Mm -hmm. kind of things. If we had that and we could set ourselves up, which is what I do, I help women to prepare for a postpartum period so that they can, I I can't say like eliminate it completely, but really mitigate that and have those things on hand so that when they start to feel a little anxious, they know what to do. Yeah. You no, know, th- that's, that's where it comes into play. Instead of going into this thing that women don't talk about postpartum, women don't really mm-hmm. talk about the birth so much. They just talk about this beautiful baby. And that's the great part. That's the amazing part. But nobody really talks about like walking around in a diaper for three weeks or like, right? you know, what that scar or is like and feeling that, that pressure. Scar. Yeah. Yes. And peeing your pants and like all the things that women like don't want to talk about. Yeah. So that's kind of my mission is to just when I have a mom who's newly pregnant is to just it's not a fear thing. It's just like a hey, you're a woman. I'm a woman. These are some of the things that a lot of women go through postpartum. And it's normal. It's normal. Mm -hmm. You go through it and you come out the other side. You really nourish your body. You'll you'll feel like yourself again. But there is a period where we don't quite feel like ourselves. And that's okay yeah. too, because you just birthed a human. Yeah. And it is okay. And it's also okay to talk about when we don't feel normal yes. or don't dismiss something because you think, oh, this is normal. If you're having those scary mm-hmm. thoughts or you're yeah. having those, you know, I had a, 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 an adorable client that she called me and she was really struggling. And she said, I'm not having scary thoughts about like hurting my baby. I have this irrational fear of me dying. Yeah. A lot of women go through that. Right. And she was like, I just need to talk about it. Yeah. And we just talked and I just listened. And after she was like, oh, thank you. And it's, 
It's like, if we're sitting there inside our mind, just thinking so scary, like we're going to die. Yes. A lot of women go through that. And then also thinking that something could happen to their child. That happened Mm -hmm. to me after my first one. I was so afraid something was going to happen to him that I was like, hyper vigilant and that put me into a very anxious state and it wasn't depression i wasn't sad i was i i had to be with him like every second because i was mm-hmm. afraid that something would happen and yeah. i think a lot of women go through that and they don't talk about it and then you yeah. think something's wrong with you you think something's wrong with your brain where yes. you know and once you get yeah yeah and a lot of times we are scared to talk about it because we're scared of being labeled or diagnosed you don't be labeled or diagnosed or have someone trying to shove things down your throat. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about that. Like what are the steps to, to talking about it? And then you talked about like herbs and teas and, and feeding. I love the, the, the analogy, like depletion, like yes. let's depression, depletion, right? Like, yeah, we just depleted. depleted. We're depleted. So, so we don't how- have to stick a label on it. So yes. there's a huge, a huge thing around nursing moms and that depletion piece where they usually get this information of like, okay, well, you should just wean your baby and stop breastfeeding and focus on yourself where there are hormones involved for moms that choose to breastfeed. We have a lot of oxytocin just from being skin to skin or nursing our babies. So instead of like saying, oh, well, I'm not going to do this now. A lot of times if mom get moms get the right support and they choose to do the skin to skin and nurse, they start to feel better mentally because they are getting that oxytocin. It does bring the cortisol down when we Mm -hmm. nurse a baby. And for myself, it's always been an instinct when I'm nursing a baby, even now, you know, if I go through something stressful and I just nurse my kid, it's like, ah, like you just, you feel calmer. Now in the beginning, it's not always like that because it can be a struggle for women. You know, the latch, the this, Mm -hmm. the tongue ties, the lip ties, this, that, we got to get those things right. And those are other things that I help to identify in women because that part can be challenging. But once we get over that hump, those hormones are really important to our bodies, to our immune system, to our recovery. And if you're not a mom that's, that's nursing, that skin to skin is still very important for those feel good hormone, you know, production to help your brain feel better, holding mm-hmm. your baby tight, skin to skin, all of that is just very, very, very important to how we feel. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely part of that. And then in terms of herbs and nutrition, a lot of us, and I'll say us because I went through it myself the first time we are so into this, like everything is about the baby. Everything is about the baby. I just put myself aside. Like I just, you know, we forget, um, we forget forget about to take care care of of ourselves ourselves. Mm -hmm. and we'll go hours without eating or we're not drinking. And then Mm -hmm. we're nursing and we're, we're using up all this hydration and we're not replenishing. So we're dehydrated. We are having skyrocketing blood sugars and, and plummeting blood sugars because we're going so long without eating. And then we're eating a huge meal and then we're not eating again. <laughs> so it's like this, you know, when, when our, when our blood sugar is down, cortisol again is up. So then we can have like anxiety and jittering and, and all of that. Yeah. So what I always tell my moms is every two hours, make sure you're having something small bites, small sips, make sure that something is going in. Even if it's, Oh, I don't have time for myself. Make a big thing of a smoothie on your counter. And every couple hours, like, you know, pour, it. fill it up, sip on it, keep your blood sugar steady throughout the day. It's so important. And then things post-birth that I love, nettle infusions. I mean, it's it's so, it, it's very, you know, people talk about nettle a lot, but they're using like a tea bag. I'm talking about an infusion in a mason jar, 
couple tablespoons of herbs that you soak for like a good hour or two and you're sipping on that, that's like an infusion. That's like a vitamin and mineral infusion. Mm -hmm. So when we say we're depleted post-birth, we lose blood when we give birth. Even if it's a natural birth, we still are losing blood. So we're depleted in minerals. We're depleted in vitamins. So nettle infusions really, and I like the raspberry too, because it helps to tone the uterus, which means those post-birth contractions. So infusions with uh, red raspberry leaf and nettle, it's like a, a wonderful tonic for all women, not just to balance the hormones and to help with breast milk, but to also help to, you know, give us back some of, you know, we, we've really <laughs> done a job of growing a baby and we're, we're depleted. And the other thing that I love post-birth and someone, some women will argue like, oh, it, it decreases breast milk supply, but I've never seen that in my practice, a little bit of lemon balm in that infusion, because that helps to, again, bring down those feelings of anxiety. It's really good for the nervous system. The central nervous yeah. system just calms everything down because again, post-birth, we're on an adrenaline surge. Like the body went through all that adrenaline. Some women feel that for days, weeks, months before they start to calm down again. Yeah. So it, those are some things that I, I find really helpful. So you said a lot of people think like a tea bag, but you're saying yes. like the herbs. So where would one get so something Rose, to make this? So mountainroseherbs.com is my favorite. And you just take a mason jar, you know, you can get these at the grocery store, tractor supply, mm -hmm. Amazon, anywhere. And they make a little infuser that goes in the top. And it's okay. about this high and it sits in the top. You put the loose herbs in there, fill it with hot water and steep that for an hour, two hours. The longer um, you steep it, that it will be more strong. So if you're just starting okay. out, do a little bit of herb, let it steep for 20 minutes. See how, see how you do with it. I like yeah. to let it sit for a while and, and sip on it. And this would be good for any like cesarean or vaginal, yes. right? Oh, to help us recover Healing. because we need to recover either way. Either way we need to recover. Is it stinging nettle or is yes, it? It's okay. So yes, stinging nettle and then red raspberry leaf. And then some lemon balm. In. And some lemon balm, if you're not afraid, it's in the peppermint family. So some women say like, oh yeah. In my practice, I've had postpartum moms on lemon balm for the last eight years. And I've never had one that has had issues with milk production. So Perfect. I wouldn't say off the bat, go on a ton of it, but a little bit right. to take the edge off if it's a mom. And I always say there's like this risk benefit thing, right? If a mom is really struggling, she's probably not going to make it with breastfeeding anyway. So if we can help her central nervous system, we can deal with other things, right? We can, mm -hmm. we can see what I love ashwagandha post-birth. I think that's another one that's really beautiful for the adrenal glands. Magnesium is so good. It helps mm -hmm. again with that, the post-uterine contractions. Women are feeling that they're feeling uncomfortable. Uh, magnesium is great for that. It helps with fluid retention in the body, which C-sections, you know what happens with that. I didn't have an ounce yep. of swelling my entire pregnancy. I had that C-section and my feet, I was like, oh my gosh. And I had zero swelling had, in any yeah, of them. I sweat. I had a severe night. Yes, sweat. because you know what those night sweats are? It's all the drugs that have to it's come out of the spinal. everything coming out of my body. It has to come yeah. out. And that's a problem too. And what I love for that postpartum is milk thistle. So a milk thistle tincture for moms that have C-sections to get rid of the drugs that we have to have when mm. we have a C-section. So even if you're a mom that has a VBAC and you have a spinal... Um, and you're feeling like your system is a little gunked up, milk thistle is amazing. We can do a lot with nutrition. You don't want to touch herbs. It, like there's other things you can use, you know, yeah. green juices, cucumber juice, 
those kind of things are wonderful too. But if you want to tincture, milk thistle is a beautiful way to gently cleanse the body. Cleanse the body. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and let's talk a little bit about nutrition. I think so many times we we have a baby and then any extra support that we have, they want to bring meals in and they bring yeah. things like lasagna. I know. And bread and pizza. And, I know. And it's like, know, those are that you'd be like, okay, this is good and it's like easy. Yes. And you'll take anything. And take I don't anything. want to ever shame anyone who has no. ever made a lasagna for someone who's had a baby. No, right? exactly. I'm guilty of that. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, there's so many other nutrients that we're lacking that we need for our yes. brain functioning, our body functioning. So there are some key things that we really need and raw leafy greens are one of them. And it's like, who the hell wants to eat a salad after they had birth? Right? Like, I get it, but there are easy ways to bring greens in. I'm going to go back to the smoothie again. My favorite way is frozen mangoes, spinach and coconut water. You could throw bananas in there if yeah. you want, blend that up. You get those greens in your body. You are a different woman. Again, we're depleted. So those raw leafy greens are just, again, it's like an infusion. Moms feel better mentally, mm -hmm. physically, healing, all of it pretty yeah. much immediately because the greens, again, when we lose blood, our iron reserves go down. So low iron, mm -hmm. fatigue, all of that. Raw leafy greens help to bring that up. So does the nettle. The nettle helps with, mm -hmm. with raising the iron. So raw leafy greens are so important. Again, you can do them in the smoothies if you don't want to eat a salad. The other thing that I do, if I have like a warm soup or even if you had something like a lasagna, mm -hmm. chop them up really small, put them on kind of like a garnish. At least you're getting something in. You can mm -hmm. fold raw leafy greens right into a warm soup or a stir fry. So you're still getting some warm food, but you're you're bringing some greens yeah. in. Some yeah. women postpartum have a hard time with that. So we have to find alternative ways. It's not always this black and white, you know, you right. have to eat a go eat all salads. Sometimes right. you have to meet women where they are and say, okay, you're going to eat that warm meal. Like let's doctor it up a little bit, bring some, some good things in too. You can still have your comfort meal. Yes. There's a way to do it. There's a way to do Empowering enriched it. nutrients. Yes. Yes. There's a way to do that. And you know, things like selenium and iodine, you know, there's simple ways, a little bit of uh, seaweed for, for iodine protects the thyroid, really helps moms recover and then selenium, one to two Brazil nuts a couple times a week really helps again with that thyroid function for mom's postpartum as things start to fluctuate. So there's uh, like really easy little tricks that are like, if I just did these few little things, um, yeah. I'd be in a different, a different place. Yeah. And Something I'm really that... big on like the freezer meals. I have a, a free thing on my website. Uh, it says preparedness, like be prepared. And it's a bunch of meals that moms can make ahead of time and and That's freeze huge. yeah and they can freeze them i'm guilty of it though like i was like oh with the third baby i'm gonna make all these things and whatever and then it's like she didn't come till 41 and a half weeks and i still didn't yeah. have too many things in my freezer but if you're a planner and you you know want to do things ahead of time it's a, we have a resource there and it's free i love that we're going to make sure to drop that in the show notes right now because cool. there are a lot of people that are saying you're coming up on your due date. What can I do to help? You can send them that link and say, yes, I would love for you now. to make some of these things. If they're people that are open to that, that would be great. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be so awesome. Yeah. So cool. So anything else that you feel that is important to share? Because we have, I mean, there's just so, there's so much, right. But 
a specialist in health and nutrition and seeing the postpartum and knowing your own journey, like, is there anything that you're like, this is the biggest takeaway for your, for you as a listener? What is your biggest takeaway? For me is moms have to take care of themselves. And I understand because I'm a giver. People still tell me like, I'm guilty of it. Like Kimberly, you have to take care of yourself. It's like always, but my, my baby, my middle kid, my big kid, like I, right. we're giving, 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 giving. But when we don't take care of ourselves, those babies need me. Yeah. Our babies need us. So if we don't take care of ourselves with the same love, compassion, and consideration that we take care of them, then they have like half of us, like a shell of us, right? right? So we have to take care of ourselves. We need to prepare with the nutrition. If if herbs are something that you're into, I highly recommend that for that depletion yeah. stage. And just really take care of yourself. Even if it's just like, okay, I want to get outside for 10 minutes, fresh air, put my feet in the earth. Those kind of things make us feel alive. With my second one, I remember my midwife saying to me, no matter what, take a shower every day. Once oh, a week, put yes. on makeup. And it's like makeup. Like who the hell? Like I was like done in my hair. Like <laughs> I right? never thought of like, put on makeup. What the, why would I put on makeup? But let me tell you something. It makes you, you good. do it. And you're like, oh, I know that woman in the mirror. Like there she is. There's a feeling to that. There's a feeling yes. that comes with feeling like yourself. So mm -hmm. if you can get a shower and once in a while, put on some makeup and put on some clothes that make you feel like a human, even if you're dealing with diapers and poopy hineys and like all these things, <laughs> every once in a <laughs> <Right>? while, <laughs> take care of yourself. That That's the yeah. most important thing. So women of strength, as you're listening, I can't agree more. Like use this as a takeaway, take care of yourself. Make sure you are knowing that you are important too, because I think naturally it's weird, but like naturally as moms, sometimes we get in that like, well, this baby and this baby and this and that. And like, we just think about all the things. And then, like you said, in the beginning, we get to the end of the day and we're like, what have we eaten today? And sometimes and who we get, am I like, what, who is this yes, person in the like, mirror? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. And so at the end of the day, we're like, I don't know, but I'm too tired to think about it. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. go to bed. You know, and so it's so important for us to remember that we exist and we're important. We exist. And you have classes that help people along this journey. And I know you're creating more classes. So do you want to tell everybody before we go a little bit about your classes? So I have a course called Empowered Moms. It's coming up in May. It's mm -hmm. a month long course and it covers everything and anything that you want to know as a mom. And, and literally, I learned all these things on my journey about holistic health and nutrition. So moms come to me that have kids with like chronic ear infections or chronic symptoms or illness, or they just want to do things a better way. They feel like they're always in the pediatrician's office and they want to take their power back and they want to learn how to use herbs and homeopathy and use things medicinally so that, you know, it's not that like you'll never need your pediatrician again, but maybe you can break free from like the cycle of, of things that you're, if you catch my drift, that you're having to give over and over and over again for chronic symptoms. So my course helps to help moms. Again, it's called empowered moms. It's empowering moms to take their power back and giving them the tools uh, necessary to help their families nutritionally, herbally. Again, I get into homeopathics. I also get into like self-care and things for moms, what they can do for nervous system healing because all of us. And then I have a birth course that's going to be launching by the end of the summer. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be all about preparing for birth, birthing itself, and then the postpartum part. Um, which I think is so important. 
And I have one other course called Empowered Women. And that one is only for women for all women's health issues. So moms that struggle with anything from hormonal issues, thyroid issues, adrenal fatigue, all the things are covered in that course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking through, I was like, dang, I think I might need to take this course myself. (laughs) Like seriously, because I know that there's so many things hormonal that I haven't figured out yet. And I am in that, that like routine of like, okay, I'll go get my blood drawn again. Okay, let's go and get this. Let's go and do that. And I'm not figuring out what's really going on. The and because a lot of the times they say it's hormones, but we all have this viral and toxic load. And I'll just briefly explain when we keep the viral and toxic load here under the bucket where we all have, there's no symptoms when it starts to bubble over. And now we've got lots of toxic load and, and lots mm-hmm. of viruses, pathogens in our body. We see symptoms. My job is to help people get that all back down cleansing. We're cleansing, we're, we're taking care of viruses, pathogens, latent infections in the body, and then symptoms disappear. So that's what it is. It's not always about people think I need a diagnosis. I need a diagnosis. I think everyone should go to their doctor. I think that people should definitely, but a lot of times people are searching and they're getting all the blood work and they're going through all these things. I recovered from, from Hashimoto's neurological disease myself. There's like so a whole like story. I went, yes, I went through all of that. I had the $15,000 book of labs and notebooks and all of that. We lost our first home because of my chronic illness. And it wasn't until I took my own power back and said, all right, there are things that I need to learn about my own body and I can cleanse my way out of this. And and again, that's not telling people not to go get the labs and figure it out. But if you're in a situation where you've done all those things and you're like, well, shit, I'm not feeling better you know, um, sometimes there's a, there's something else going on. Yes. And your story is just amazing. So empowering. And I encourage everyone to go to drkimberlyspare.com and spend hours on this website because (laughs) seriously, you have so much, you have product guides, you have testimonials, you have the fertility and pregnancy and your amazing blog. And Um, I know you offer not only these courses, but one-on-ones and more about you and your history and your journey and why you are here today, empowering these women to, again, take back, take things back and have the power in their pocket, right? To reclaim your health, empower your family's future is what you say. And I just, I think it's amazing. And what you're doing is amazing. And I just, I'm so grateful for you today for- I'm grateful for you. We're going to be sharing this too. And I am going to send all the people to your page too, because moms need the information. They need the statistics. They need the support and they need to feel seen and heard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Tell us about your experience at thevbacklink.com slash share. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julian Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC Link.